This is a quote from the Braise that we learned earlier on Davav Amar Aleph. Just a Chayda question. What does it mean, Achayda? Achayda is Rab Meir. Okay, it's a whole story about it, why he was called Achayim, not for now, but Achayim right. is Rab Meir, as we'll see actually in the end of the Yamad. Which Rab Meir? Tavtes Amar Aleph. Rab Meir. One Rab Meir. So Achayim says, Askupa, when you have a threshold. A threshold could be one of two Rishuyas. If the door is open, kilifnin. Then it's going to have a halacha like a Rishusayachet, like the inside. Pesach nol, if the door is closed, kilachutz. Then it's going to have a halacha like the outside, like the Rishusayachet. That's the statement of Achayim, till here. So the Gemara now is going to question what exactly are we talking about? What kind of a threshold is this? Or more loosely, it's not only a threshold, we're talking about some kind of an entranceway. There's an entranceway into, as we'll see in the Gemara, there's two options here. There'll be two explanations. It could either be an entranceway <coughs> going into a mavoy. A mavoy, as we learned already earlier, is a dead-end street, which is enclosed from three sides and is open on the fourth side. And in order for this mavoy to be allowed to carry in this mavoi, minatayra you're allowed to carry there. It's a As long as it's enclosed from all three sides, it's a But because it's open to the third side, to the street, so people confuse it with a Rabim, you're not allowed to carry there unless there's one of the two. Either a lechi, which is the side beam, to make a heker for people to see that it's uh, separate, or a kaira, cross beam on the top. So over here, in the beginning, the Gemara is going to assume that we're talking about an entranceway, a threshold, coming from the Mavoy into the street, into the Rishus Araven. So this entranceway, between the Mavoy and the Rishus Araven, what's the story with this entranceway? Let's see. Are we going to say that... Even if there's no lechi here for this uh, entranceway, what does the Gemara mean when there's no lechi for this entranceway? This entranceway, let's say, how, how wide is this entranceway? Let's say the entranceway is about uh, two feet wide, two, three feet wide. Where is the lechi placed? On the inside part of the entranceway. That's where the lechi is placed. What's with the outside part of the entranceway? Okay, you have the pictures of it, I know, but I can't do the picture over here now. So you're going to have to try to understand it or whatever. So you mean the depth of the doorway? Yeah, yeah, the depth of the doorway. It's, it's, it's yeah, so, so the lechi is placed on the inside part of that entranceway. What's with the outside part of the entranceway? Are you allowed to carry on the outside part of the entranceway that the le- there's no lechi for that part? The lechi is only on the inside part. So the Gemara says you can't. In an entranceway to the Mavoy, you're going to have to have a second lechi to be allowed to carry in that space of the actual entranceway. Since the lechi you're using is only at the inside part of the entranceway, so that lechi works to be allowed to carry in the street of the Mavoy, in the dead end street. But as far as the entranceway itself is concerned, the space of the entranceway itself does not have a lechi to allow you to carry there. You're going to need a second lechi, another sign to be, a, to be allowed to carry there. If you want to argue and say, the lespe dalet al dalet. We're talking about an entranceway that's less than four by four tvachim. It's a very, 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 very narrow, it's a very small entranceway. 
So because it has no Dalit al Dalit, so we already have sort of established from before, any space that's less than Dalit al Dalit does not assume its own existence of its own domain. Just like when it comes to Arisha Sayachid, when it comes to Akarmalis, any space that's less than Dalit al Dalit does not assume its own Rishus. So it becomes bottle. So maybe over here, if I have a lechi in this entranceway, even though it's on the inside part of the entranceway, if the entranceway itself is not dalad al dalad, maybe it does not require a second lechi to be allowed to carry within this entranceway because it's such a small space. It's less than dalad al dalad. Can you say the lechi is an edge, ledge, or something? A lechi is a side beam. A side beam, a side beam, like by a nato, a side beam. A post. Okay. So the Gemara says, but this is not the case. said, in the name of Rav, within an entranceway, even if it's a very small entranceway. And it does not have the space of Dalad al Dalad, if your lechi is on the inside part of the entranceway, it's not going to be matta to carry on the outside part of the entranceway that does not have that lechi. Even if it's a small space less than dalad al dalad, you still need a second lechi to be allowed to carry in that area. So what did it? So our question is, what was Achayim saying that this entranceway? It depends if the door is open. It depends if the door is closed. Why does it make a difference if the door is open or closed? Is the lechi effective for that area or not? If the lechi is not effective for that area because it's further in, so then what difference does it make if the door is open or closed? If the lechi is effective, so then, again, who cares if the door is open or closed? That's the question here. So the Gemara answers... So we're going to have two pshat in here. One pshat is going to follow the assumption that we have till now, that we're talking about an entranceway to a mavoi. The second shot of the Gemara is going to say that no, we're talking about an entranceway to a house. So the first shot. Yes, in fact, we are talking about an entranceway to a mavoi. And the case over here is when that entranceway does not have a side beam. So again, like I said before, there's two options to be matter carrying in a mavoi when you have the third you have it surrounded from three sides, and the fourth side is open. You could either have a lechi, a side beam, a post, or you could have a kaira. You could have a cross beam going over on the top. So the first point of Yudah Marav says, There's a cross beam going over this entranceway, but that cross beam is not covering the entire entranceway. Partially covered by this cross beam, and partially not covered by this cross beam. Okay? Now, what, what's the reason why the Gemara says that it's only partially covered by this cross beam? Because the assumption of the Gemara is that a typical entranceway going into a mavoi is 4 by 4 tvachim wide, at least 4 by 4 tvachim wide. So if it's 4 by 4 tvachim wide, if in fact the cross beam above this entranceway covered the entire entranceway, that means that you have a roof over this entranceway, which is 4 by 4 tfachim wide. Once you have a roof that's 4 by 4 tfachim wide, then you're allowed to carry in this entire entranceway without a problem. And the reason is, we had already this idea mentioned before on Davov, that there's a concept called Pitikra Yered Vesaisim. If you're under a roof, so then we consider it as if the roof is enclosing you in that area. 
So if this entranceway would be fully covered by a cross beam, which is as wide as the crossway as the entranceway itself, you'd be allowed to carry there without a problem. So therefore, Rav says, we're talking about an entranceway, which is assumably, typically, four by four tefachim wide, but only part of it is covered by a, by a cross beam. So the, the cross beam is less than four by four tefachim wide. And there, if it's, if it's a narrower cross beam, you don't apply the concept of pitikra yaited v'saisim. To say that when you're under a roof, you're as if you're enclosed in that area, is only if the roof is at least four by four tefachim wide. But because it's not, so that rule doesn't apply. So now, when you're below, when you're standing in the entranceway, below that area of the entranceway that has the cross beam above you, are you allowed to carry there? Is that part of the Rosh Yachid? So over here, this is what Achedim said. Regarding this, Achedim said that... The area of the entranceway, which has the cross beam above it, is that part of the, uh, that part of the entranceway that's closer to the inside of the Mavoy. Pesach, Pasuach. If the door is open, then Kilifnim. I treat that area like the inside of the Mavoy and you're allowed to carry. Pesach, no. If the door is closed, Kilochotz. Even though you're under a cross beam, but because the door is closed, that area is not connected to the rest of the Mavoy and you're not allowed to carry there. So this is the case, according to Rav Yudha Marav, that Achayim we're talking about. There's a cross beam over your head, but because that cross beam over your head is less than 4 by 4 Tfachim, so that alone does not suffice, it's going to have to be in combination with the fact that the door is open to the Mavoy, so then you become part of the Mavoy. Then you're allowed to carry there. But if the door is closed, so then just the fact that you have that cross beam over your head is not going to be good enough, and you can't carry there. That's one shot. Ravashi Ravashi says a different shot. We could be speaking about the threshold, the entranceway into a house. Now, the reason why the Gemara till here did not, why Rav did not want to say we're talking about an entranceway into a house because typically the entranceway into a house, the threshold of a house, if there is any roof above it, usually the entire entranceway is covered by a mashkaif, by a roof above it. So if the entire entranceway is covered with the roof above it, not only part of it, the entire entranceway is covered with the roof above it, then you should be allowed to carry there. It should be part of the Rosh Hashayachit. So therefore Ravashi is now going to say, no, we could say it's talking about an entranceway into a house, but this entranceway does not have the regular roof that fully covers this entranceway. It's not the typical covering over this entranceway. What kind of a, what kind of a roof does this entranceway have? Vikagain. And for example, what we're speaking about over here is Shekira Bishtei Kairis. This entranceway has a roof that's split into two. There's two cross beams, sort of two parts of a roof that go over this entranceway. And neither of them, neither of these two cross beams, neither of these two coverings over the entranceway into this home have the size of four by four tvachim. Again, if each, if each, so again, you have, I hope you can visualize this in your mind, but if you have an entranceway that's, let's say, 10 by 10 uh, tvachim wide, and you have two cross beams going above it, but each cross beam is not 4 by 4 tefachim wide. If each cross beam separately was 4 by 4 tefachim wide, then whatever is below it 
is enclosed. That's the rule of a, of a roof that's four by four tzolachim wide. You're below it, you're enclosed. Over here you have this roof that's split, and there's this gap in between the two parts of the roof, and each part of the roof is not four by four tzolachim wide. Now, that's one part of the story. Now, what else? Another, another part of the story over here is... Again, Now, in between, in between these two roofs that there is above this entranceway, there's a gap. There's a gap between these two roofs. But the gap between them is less than three tfachim. What's the rule when you have a gap less than three tfachim? There's a concept called lavod. Any gap between, less than three tefachim means that it's we consider it as if it's closed and it's if it's as if it's connected. So why does that gap? So what the point we're saying over here is if the gap is less than three tefachim, so then why does it matter? We should consider it as if it's fully covered. But the thing is, there is a doorway. There's a door that opens and closes between the two parts of the entranceway. That's the door is positioned right in between. So there's this entranceway. Two parts to the roof, and there's a gap of three tfachim, of less than three tfachim in between, and that's exactly where the door is positioned. So now the point is, Pesach Pesuach, if the door is open, then the outside part of the entranceway becomes part of the inside part of the entranceway, because there's a din of lavud. As long as the door is open, there's no obstruction in between, so the two parts of the entranceway become one. There's nothing separating between them. The only thing that separates is a gap that's less than three tfachim. A, a gap that's less than three tfachim is lavud. So it's like one large roof over their head and you can carry there. But Pesach Nol, if there's a door that's closed between the two parts of the entranceway, so then you can't say lavud anymore. You can't say lavud only if there's a gap in between that's less than three tfachim. But if there's actually a door that closes and separates between the two parts, you can't say lavud anymore. So therefore, the outside part of the entranceway is separate, and you can't carry there. That the is the shot in this Gemara. The other side you can't carry. The what? The, on the other side you can't carry. Yes, because yeah. it's behind, behind the door, on the inside. Let's go weiter. If you don't mind, we're going to go weiter. I'll, I'll answer the questions afterwards, if it's okay. So those are the two pshatim in what Achedim said, where a door matters. Whether the door is open or the door is closed matters. Now, the last part of the Braise that was quoted before in Davav Amiralev. If you have a threshold, an entranceway, that's lifted off the ground of the Rishus Arabim, ten tfachim, and it's also wide, four by four tfachim. So the Lashon of the Braish before was, This is a domain for itself. So the Shus for itself, meaning you can't carry from there into the Rishus Arabim, and you can't carry from there into the Rishus HaYochan either. Now, the fact that you can't carry from there into the Rishus Arabim is simply understood. If this place is 10 Tvachim high and 4 by 4 Tvachim wide, it's practically a Rishus HaYochan. So how can you carry from there into the Rishus Arabim? The question though is, why can't he carry from there into the Rishus HaYachid? This is a Rishus HaYachid. This entranceway is tall enough and wide enough to be a Rishus HaYachid. So why not be allowed to carry from there into the Rishus HaYachid? That's what the Gemara is addressing now. So the Gemara explains, <coughs> the statement of this Braise would be proof that Rav Yitzchak Bar Avdimi. To a statement Rav Yitzchak Bar Avdimi said, the Omer Rav Yitzchak Bar Avdimi, 
Rab Meir was accustomed to saying, and now we're connecting this to the statement of the Braise, which was said in the name of Achairin, because Achairin is Rab Meir. So, Oymer Hayer Rab Meir. Rab Meir would say, Anytime you have two Rishuyais, Vehein Rishus Achas, and there are two Rishuyais that are the same type of Rishus. In other words, you have a Rishus Ayachid within a Rishus Ayachid. Okay, you have a courtyard. That's surrounded by a fence of ten tefachim high, and it's a rishus ayachid. Within that rishus ayachid, you have a second rishus ayachid, which means you have another platform, which is ten tefachim high and has the space of four tefachim. So it's a rishus ayachid within a rishus ayachid. Kagain omud berishus hayachid, a platform in a rishus ayachid. Gavaya yud berachav dalit, tall ten tefachim and wide four tefachim. A person that's using this courtyard may not position his packages by placing it onto this platform, by using this platform. Simply speaking, what he means is, you're not allowed, there's a gzerim in the Rabbanon, you may not carry from the Rishus HaYachid, the courtyard, onto this platform, or from the platform onto the Rishus HaYachid. Even though they're both the Rishus HaYachid, and it's the same Rishus, but it's two different spaces. In the same Rishos HaYachid, you're not allowed to. Why not? If a person is going to do this in Rishos HaYachid, moving items from a platform to the courtyard in the Rishos HaYachid, he may come to do the same thing in the Rishos HaRabim itself. When he's walking in the Rishos HaRabim, he may think that and if he sees a platform in the Rishos HaRabim, it's all the same Rishos, and I'm allowed to take something from the Rishos HaRabim and place it on this platform. When in fact, that platform with the Rishos HaRabim could be a Rishos HaYachid. If it's tall, ten tefachim and wide, four tefachim. So in order not to confuse two rishuyos within a rishus ayachid with a rishus arabim that also has a platform in it or some kind of an elevated area in it, I say that you're not allowed to do this even in a rishus ayachid. This is Rav Meir's opinion. So the Gemara is saying this is what Rav Meir meant when he was speaking about an entranceway that's tall, ten tefachim, wide, four tefachim. You're not allowed to carry from there into a rishus ayachid. It's a gzeda midrabanan. Now, we don't paskin like this, you, may, you probably have never heard of this kind of exeda in your life. Anytime you have a Rishus HaYachid, and there's a Rishus HaYachid within a Rishus HaYachid, there's no issue. You're allowed to carry from one Rishus HaYachid to another Rishus HaYachid, as, as long as you have the issue of Eruv HaChatzayr is taken care of, because we do not paskin like this, Rav Meir. Very simple. Correct. Yeah, it would be an it's issue. Hard, it's hard to understand why he would have such a shot because the person is not carrying the chlal which is around. I understand what you're saying. Okay. Okay, we begin a Mishnah with a totally new subject, sort of a break of Hilchah Shabbos. If you are uh, having a, a, a yearning to go back to Brachis, <laughs> so the Tana provides it for you over here, you have Halachas Menegeet to Davening. Um, yeah. So it really seems like this has no place Bechlal in Masech Shabbos. But as Rashi says, because the Mishnah later is going to discuss Takonis Medrabanon of what you're not allowed to do right before Shabbos or how to prepare right before Shabbos. So it begins also with a Takonah regarding Mincha. When it comes close to the time of Mincha, what should you not do in order not to miss davening Mincha? Loi Yeishev Adam Lufnei Hasapa. A person should not sit down in front of a, a barber. To take a haircut, samach lemincha, before the time of davening mincha. Achi yispal until he actually davens, then he can go take a haircut. 
You should not enter into a bathhouse at the time, before the time of Mincha, close to Mincha. Not into a tannery, to do your work over there. Not, not to sit down also to eat a meal. And not to sit down to a dintaira. That's L'Chadchile. You're not allowed to get involved in any of these things when it comes close to the time of davening Mincha. But ve'em is if in any of these cases you already began, you began your meal, you began your haircut, or whatever, the Gemara will soon explain what all of this means. Then, once you began, you don't have to stop, you could continue and finish, and then you go to Mincha. However, when it comes for Kriyashma, for that you do have to stop to say Kriyashma. Kriyashma is Minatayra. So for that, there is no hetter bidiyeved that I already began and I could continue. Over there, you do have to stop. But for ein mafsikin litfilo, you do not have to re- uh, interrupt what you're doing for davening once you began. The Gemara, I mean, mafsikin litfilo seems to be repeating what it already said before. Everything will be explained in the Gemara. So the first thing the Gemara is going to discuss over here is when it says samuch. What does samuch mean? Samuch lamincha. Which mincha are we talking about? As we learned already in Masech Tebrachis, there are two Minchas. There's Mincha Gedayla and Mincha Ketana. Mincha Gedayla is when? A half hour after Chatzais, which now would be about... 1.35. About 1.35. Even though the half hour is not precisely 30 minutes on the watch, it's Shah's Manias, but it's more or less around around a half hour after Chatzais. That's the time when they were marked with the carbon Tomit Ben Arbayan. When's Mincha Ketana? Nine and a half hours into the day. So when it says over here, Samach Lamincha, which Mincha are we talking about? Hi, Samach Lamincha. When it says Samach Lamincha, when does that mean? <coughs> are we talking about Mincha Gedayla? So then the Pshat of Samach Lamincha, as Rashi explains, would be a half hour before Mincha. Half hour before, from Chatzais, you're not allowed to do any of these things before you daven. Am I lying? Why not? You still have a lot, a lot of time of the day to go daven mincha. What are we afraid? He's going to take a haircut and he won't daven mincha if he takes a haircut at 12 o'clock and Shkia is not until 6 o'clock, 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock even. So what's the pshat in this? El or rather, what is logical to say? Samach mincha means samach mincha ketano. It's already nine. Mincha is nine and a half hours into the day. So at the beginning of, of that hour, a half hour before, you're not allowed to daven. If so, the Gemara asks, Im is chilo, Samach lamincha ketana. So the Gemara asks, Im is chilo, ein mafsikin? Are you going to say that in this case, when it comes to mincha ketana, much later in the day, much closer to Shkia, does the din of the Mishnah, that if he began his meal, he began his haircut, he does not have to interrupt? Neime, if so, shall we say, to have it to yuft to the Rabbi Shua ben Levi, what it says in this Mishnah would be refuting a statement of Rabbi Shua ben Levi. As soon as the time of Mincha arrives, a person, when the time of Mincha Ketana arrives, a person may not even taste anything. May not taste any food. Before he daves Mincha. And over here, once he began his meal, we're allowing him to continue. According to Rabbi Shua ben Levi, you're not allowed to taste anything once it comes to this time. 
So then we have a problem now. It doesn't make sense that the Mishnah is talking about Mincha Gedayla. That's way too early in the day. On the other hand, if it's talking about Mincha Ketana, so then the other part of the Mishnah where it says that once you began, you don't have to interrupt, doesn't make sense either because Rabbi Shua ben Levi says that once it comes to that time period of the day, you're not allowed to taste any food. You must have a Mincha before you taste even anything. So the Gemara gives two answers to this. The first answer is, We're going to go back to the first pshat. Our mission is talking about Mincha Gedayla, which is a half hour after Chatzais. And so then what's the issue of a person taking a haircut or any other other things that the Mishnah talks about over here so early on in the day? And for the Gemara, we're not talking about a regular haircut, and we're not talking about a regular meal, as the Gemara will explain. But despite is Ben El Asha, we're talking about a unique kind of a haircut, which takes a very long time. Uh, the haircut of Ben El Asha. What's this haircut of Ben El Asha? So Rashi says, Ben El Asha was Rebbe, Rabbeinu HaKadosh's son-in-law. And he was a very rich person. And he took a unique haircut. The haircut that he took, he was trying to copy the kind of haircut that they gave the Kayin Gadol. What was the haircut of the Kayin Gadol? So all Rashi says is, the haircut of the Kayin Gadol is that the, the, the tip of one hair reached the base of the other hair. And that's how they designed the entire haircut. That's all Rashi says. Whatever that means, today it probably would th- theoretically be a bit easier to do that with a machine that you could get the exact size to see that it should be such a kind of haircut. But, yeah, huh? <laughs> but then, to give such a kind of haircut took a very long time. So this kind of a haircut, even if, you're, even if it's 12 o'clock noontime and you're going to take this kind of a haircut, you may miss Mincha, which is seven hours later. So that's the haircut. The Layla Merchat, and you shouldn't enter into a bathhouse even this early on. Lukula Milsa. You're going into a bathhouse for the full experience. You go into the bathhouse, Rashi says you have to wash your hair, you have to wash your body, and then there's the hot water and cold water, and then after that there's the Schwitz. So it is, it's, 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 a whole, it's a whole experience. It's a, it could be a whole day thing. Yeah. It's the full experience of the whole Merchatz. Talking about a large tannery, there's a lot of hides, and there's a lot of work to be done there. You enter in there, you can get lost there easily a full day. And you shouldn't enter to, into a big meal, let's say a chasana, or something that's really a large meal, not time a person is eating a, a, a lunch or something like that. And the Layla Din, when it says in the Mishnah not to go into a Din Taira, what are we talking about? Bitchilas Din. To begin a Din Taira. You begin a Din Taira, Dine Taira, even today, take a very long time. <coughs> a Din Taira, when you start a Din Taira, it can easily take up to four or five, six hours. So, such a kind of Din Taira, if you're starting the Din Taira, you're not allowed to start even by Mincha Gedayla. That's one shot. is much more Machmer. He says, Really, we're talking about a regular haircut. However, why should a person not sit down for even a regular haircut before Mincha Gedayla if he didn't have a Mincha yet? Because maybe the, hair, the, the scissors used for the haircut will break and you'll be in the middle of a haircut and you don't want to walk out into the street that way and the, the barber is going to have to find some new, new scissors to complete the haircut and you're, you're going to sit there and wait for a long time and you might miss Mincha. V'loi lemerchatz Not into a uh, <coughs> bathhouse even if you're not going for the full day the full spa experience of the bathhouse La ziyabal means just going in and out for a schwitz a little in and out 
but you shouldn't enter into the bathhouse even for a short period, even before Mincha Gedele. Why not? For Yisalfa. If the, the person may faint from, from the experience in the Schwitz, he may faint and he may not end up davening Mincha. Veloila Bursiki, and you're not allowed to enter into a tannery, even just for an inspection. You're walking in and out just to see what's going on. Why not? Maybe he'll see some loss that he's having in the business over there, in the work that's being done. And he's going to get caught up. The inspection won't go well, and he'll see what's going on, and he's going to get caught up there in the business. And not to enter into eating even a small meal, even a lunch. Why not? Once you sit down with food, you never know where you finish. The person might continue eating. It might, the food, the, the, the student may continue. And you may not enter into a dintaire. Even when, it's, when, when the dintaire is holding by the conclusion. Even when you're holding by giving out the final psak. Still, you may not even go into this part of the dintaire even before Mincha Gedaila. Why not? Even when you come to the conclusion, you're holding by the psak and the dintaire, you may notice that you made a mistake and you have to change the psak and you have to start all over again and you're going to end up spending a long time in, in, in this, uh, even this part of the dintaire. So those are the two turutsim of the Gemara. There's a machlekes shishayne, which one of these two terutzim we paskin like. According to the first terutz of the Gemara, so when it comes to milcha gedayla, there's no issue. You can eat lunch, you can take a haircut, you can do all these things, you can take a shower and everything. There's no issue whatsoever. If you're going to maybe a suda of a chasana, or if you're going to something unique and unusual, then there's an issue even with milcha gedayla. But according to the second terutz, even when it comes to milcha gedayla, starting from 12 o'clock, or 1 o'clock, noon, it's already an issue to even uh, eat lunch or any, any short thing because you may be nimshach. The Rosh Paskins, like the second opinion, which is very, very machmed, and it's brought in Shulchan Aruch both days. But today, for the most part, we're makel when it comes to all of this because today we have minyanim kvuim or set times or set places or set, set minyanim that we go to for mincha and we have reminders, someone else is reminding you or you have a chlal minyanim kvuim that we go to and therefore we're much more makel. If not, so then theoretically the marshal uh, Shabbos afternoon to go to the mikveh Shabbos afternoon out of Shabbos, I meant, yeah, sorry, thank you. Out of Shabbos to go to the mikveh, how can you go to the mikveh? It's for sure already samuch la Ketana. It's, it's, it's already that's as man for sure you can't go into a merchatz. Elamai, the answer is because you have the set shul that you go to Shabbos and Dava Mincha, so therefore that's a heter to be allowed to do. And the same heter applies also to a meal and to all the different things that a person does, is because we have set places and set times that we dive. Okay, now the Gemara discusses another aspect of the Mishnah. Because the Mishnah said once you began, you don't have to interrupt. What's the pshat? What is the beginning? When they began the haircut, what, what, what is that beginning? What's considered to be the beginning of the haircut? said, even before they began cutting the hair, once the barber places his uh, garment, his apron sort of, on top of you to, to begin the haircut, that's the beginning of the haircut. <coughs> when is the beginning of the bathhouse? That once you began, you don't have to interrupt. When you take off your clothing, once you remove your clothing, 
then <coughs> even before you began a shower or the bathhouse, that's already the beginning. There is a machlekes rishayim though, because it's not clear in the Gemara, once you removed which garment? Once you removed your yarmulke, once you removed your jacket, once you removed your undergarments, it's a machlekes rishayim. From Rashi, it's, Rashi over here says, when you remove even just your headgear, just take off the, the, first, uh, the first garment, that's already... Other rishayim say, I believe the Rambam says, only once you took off your clothing completely, even your undergarments. Right to the Mishnah says, the next case is, Me'emesai haschalas mursiki. What's the beginning of the person getting involved in his tannery? And the answer is, Mishayikshay bang seifov. The way they would work in the tannery is, they would remove their hands from the sleeves of the shirt, and then they would, try, they, they would tie their sleeves behind their back, not to get the sleeves of their shirt dirty. So when you removed your hands from your sleeves, and you tied your shirt behind your back, that's the beginning. When's the beginning of your meal? When you washed your hands for eating. Rav Rav was in Bavel, and Rav was in Eretz Yisrael. Rav said, When you untie your belt, person has his belt and it's tied very tight, and he's going to eat. When you untie your belt, that's when you're allowed to begin uh, eating, and you don't have to make a hefsik. Now, on this last thing, the Gemara explains, even before, pligi, uh, even before washing your hands, they would untie their belt. Pligi, there's no argument here. One case is talking about the people in Eretz Yisrael, and one case is talking about the people in Bavel. The people in Bavel had a customary to tie their belt very tight. So for them, it's only when they untie their belt. The people in Eretz Yisrael didn't. So therefore, for them, the beginning of their meal is when they wash their hands. So the interesting thing is, Rashi and Thesis point out over here, Rav, which was in Bavel, was teaching his Talmidim that came from Eretz Yisrael, and he gave them the shear for the people of Eretz Yisrael. Rav Hanina, which was in Eretz Yisrael, was teaching his students that were from Bavel, and he gave them the shear of the people of Bavel. Because the way it worked then is, the way it is today, have a Gaila Lamakum Teireh. That everybody wants to go away from home to not be disturbed, to be able to learn Teireh. So therefore, Rav Hanina is telling us the rule for Babel, even though he's in Eretz Yisrael, and Rav is telling us the rule for the people that are from Eretz Yisrael, even though he's in Babel. Omer Hani Chavrim Bavloi, our friends from Babel. Laman according to the opinion that says that davening Maidav is a Rishos, it's not a Chiyuv, but it's a Mitzvah, but it's not a Chiyuv, Kivun Deshari Lehemyene, once you untied your belt to eat dinner, you don't have to get up from your meal to go and daven Ma'ariv because Ma'ariv is only a Rishos. So the Gemara asks, Does this mean that the Mandama that says that it's a Chayva to daven Ma'ariv? We do make him stand up from his meal and go daven? Didn't we just say once you open your belt, so then you started your meal, you don't have to get up? Everybody agrees is a chayve. Once you began the meal, which we just said, for the Bnei Bavel refers to opening their belt, you don't have to interrupt. Rabchanina said that that's when you open your belt. So why is he saying that this only applies to Mairev because Mairev is a Rishos? It's even if it's a Chiyov, still you shouldn't have to interrupt. And for the Gemara, Hasam Loi Shchicha Shichros. When we're talking about Mincha, Mincha is a time where people don't drink a lot of wine to the point that they get drunk. So therefore, even if he's, we're going to allow him to continue to eat, 
We're not afraid that he's going to miss Mincha. Hocha, however, at night, people drink more wine. People can get more intoxicated. Shechicha shechros. It's more shechiach for a person to get more intoxicated, and therefore, even if he did untie his belt, we say that if Maidav would be a chayva, you should go, you should stop what you're doing and go dava Maidav before you eat your meal. Yinami, another teretz, b'mincha, kivin dekviyeh lazimne, mincha has a very clear ending of, of time. You can only dava until shkiyeh. So therefore, mirsas, the person is more concerned about that. V'layasi lemifshah. He's not going to come to be negligent and not daven mincha. Arvis, however, when it comes to ma'ariv, even the kula leli is man arvis, you can daven ma'ariv all night. Loy mirsas, the person is not as concerned. Va'asi lemivsha, he might come to be negligent and not daven ma'ariv.